Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's Uticast episode 255. Uh, joining us again this week, Justin Parkinson. Different conversation as we talk about what we might do potentially for Kids Day. Uh, but we have a nice conversation about education and careerism and the end of my graduation, uh, sorry, my graduate studies here at UC and what the future holds. Uh, also this week, Kevin's here again as well. We're talking about some COVID stuff, some uh, graduation stuff as well. Uh, answer a little bit of viewer mail, some uh, some unimportant news, some noidoi section, which I've brought back from the dead. All this, folks, and so much more. I uh, hope you're all keeping safe. As always, we are happy to have you here. Oh. pizza slice that I just ate. Yes. Uh, it's delicious. Welcome back to the show, folks. Hey. Um, I gotta say, uh, I want to get into deals in a second, too, but does pizza have the highest approval rating of any food in the world? Is Has there, to. There's uh, no, nothing no, else. No, oh, wait a minute, wait. World, no. World, In America, no. United States. Yeah, yeah, definitely. USA. I, definitely, I definitely. don't know any place mm-hmm. where you go and you show up with a pizza and they're like, nah, I don't want it. I'm not interested in Everybody, yeah. Kids, kid, anybody, all the time, yeah. I feel bad for the people who are like lactose intolerant, I guess. Mm, true. Or like uh, gluten. They got the gluten. Even gluten free. I've had like some. I used to work at a restaurant that uh, made pizzas years ago, and we would have a gluten free option for people yeah. in case they wanted it. Cauliflower? Uh, I don't know. So it was like, yeah. I don't know what it was or where it came from. We didn't make the crust, we got the crust. Like we wanted right. these gluten free pre spread crusts or whatever. Mm. And it was fine. It was just like a not very good, like flatbread style pizza. Yeah. It was all right if you put enough toppings yeah. on it, but the. The no cheese would be tough for pizza. I have been putting off going to the grocery store for like mm. a week now. Smart. Uh, just because I, 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 I'm so like Dude, not. Dude, I went to the price shopper in South Utica like last week. I'll oh, never man. go back. And like I knew, I was already, I swore off the North Utica one about a year ago. I went there one time like this is horrible. I don't know so much. I went to the South Utica one. That was like, yo, it was the worst. It was the worst I felt about the pandemic since the pandemic started. It was it's going to that price shopper yeah. in South Utica. So uh, shout out to Hannaford if you want to sponsor us. But I've been putting it off for like about a week now, and mm. the time has come where Charles's food is getting toward the shore. Ah, uh, see, everything else I can put off. Mm-hmm. And for the last few days, I've sort of been rotating between like stuff in the cabinet that I haven't yeah, eaten. Yeah, yeah, pantry staples. Hell yeah. I have been eating a lot of fast food in the mm. wake of my quote unquote graduation, which we're gonna talk about. In a see, minute. you're brave. The fast food squicks me. I'm not trying to be at somebody's drive-through window. Everybody's passing money and. Breathing. And I wear like the mask and the gloves and shit. And most people I've I've never been to. I have to be honest. I have not been to a fast food restaurant where every person I've dealt with doesn't like follow the procedures to a T. I've, I've been pretty mm-hmm. impressed by the amount. Fair of, enough. Do you know well, what I'm saying? You, like, well, I guess you would too because any place that has that's like corporate has got corporate yeah, oversight yeah. and protocol. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not here to praise our corporate fast food overlords, but I will say like every person mm-hmm. I've dealt with. In any but of these I am places, out here to praise our fast food frontline workers for sure. <laughs> yes, for sure. Workers rise up. Uh, unionize. And McDonald's I've, workers should unionize. Are they not? Isn't that a union? Probably not. I like, couldn't imagine. It seems like the worst job. Like I, I see a lot Tough. of people who complain about the service at these fast food restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Or the people like, oh, they shouldn't give them 15 bucks an hour. It's just a dumb McDonald's job. Yo, go do that job. It's 
the worst. That job looks like it sucks. Uh, funny story, my mom did that job one summer. After her and Sal got divorced, when uh, she was doing the single parent thing, and, you know, she was concerned, because, you know, yeah, yeah, trial sure. stuff coming up, you never know what the deal's going to be, if he takes the court or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So she did one summer working the McDonald's in the mall. Oh, hell yeah. She fucking hated it. I hate to yeah, use my man. big swear word three minutes in, but... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, it's a rotten job. Even as somebody who has worked in, like, I've worked in restaurants, bars, food service, all sorts of, and like it. I like that industry. I like food service, I like yeah. working with food, and I like being out there, I like with people. That's different. That job looks so horrible, and people treat you like you're garbage. Like, a lot yes. of people treat, like, fast food workers, they look at, like, like insects. And it's gross. It's terrible, because that's a tough job, and not a lot of people could or would do it. Uh, well, so, you know, spoiler alert for the folks listening, Justin is on the podcast again this week. I happened to catch him this morning, and we, and in typical fashion, I said, here, give me like 20 minutes of content, and we went for 50 minutes talking about mm-hmm. other stuff. But that was one of the things we talked about. We talked a lot about, like, when, you know, about education, and when I was in New York and getting my degree and stuff, and, um, you know, like, waiting tables was something I did sort of as a job to facilitate the rest of my life. But, like, I don't think anyone goes into a waiter. I love waiters. I love the waiting industry. I love the hospitality industry. It's not the kind of job you go into and say, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Maybe you want to be involved in restaurant work for for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. But the first and last stop is not waiting tables. If you're Mm -hmm. a person who wants to be invested in the restaurant industry, maybe you start waiting tables and then work your way up through the industry. Sure. Or it's a transient job, right? You're doing it to make money. Just to make money. To make money, right? Yeah. And I feel, especially now in, like, the, the corona times, the, the quarantine times, I really feel bad for the folks who were making their money waiting tables. Yeah, man. It's a, yeah. well, it's a because, and Because you said it specifically. Like, if you're somebody who can, like, if you can wait tables, if you can tend bar, if yeah. you have that skill set, right, that's the one thing you do have is, you know, call it what you will, but generally the rule has always been you can be dropped anywhere in this country and mm-hmm. be making money by the end of the week. If you can yeah. if you can get it up, if you can wait tables or bartend, you can do it just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you're at any kind of proficient level, and that's always been the way it is, ah, well, you can always go get that job. That money's always there. And now that that's not there for people, that's a really crazy thing. You know what I mean? Because that's always like the back pocket. Well, I can run and go scoop some bar shifts somewhere if i got to make some cash for a little while. No longer does that exist. Well, it's like the, the time being. What's it? Reservoir Dogs. They talk about at the beginning of that movie. It's like one of the only jobs in, in America that you don't mm-hmm. have to have a college degree for and make a and you can make a decent living wage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is one of those things, you know, and I've been thinking about it a lot education and about like the course of like a career like mm-hmm. never wanted to be a waiter for the rest of my life or really work in restaurants for the rest of my life right but it was a good it was good to me oh yeah. you know what i mean it was yeah, yeah. and i and i respect the the industry mm-hmm. because of it now mm-hmm. so either way here or there uh all right that's what i was thinking about a couple things i wanted to get out of the way before the main parts first off for all the moms out there happy bladed mother's day shout out to all the mothers shout out to heather we miss you uh, we don't. We, we feel bad that we don't bring it up early in the show sometimes, and then I wait to mm, the end, and then we talk about it. But have, Heather, happy Mother's Day! We're so Heather, proud she's of you. Not listening. She's she listens. Sometimes. Oh yeah, she I, tells you she listens. She could be lying. Well, should, we, now. should we do a code? Should we say a certain thing right now so that we yeah. can ask Heather about it's it? A good. Ooh, so that was just like, oh, I listened to the show. It was great. I'm like, oh, really? What did we say about specific thing? Mm. Do you remember what we said about the lemon tree, Heather? The lemon tree. The lemon tree. Yeah, yeah. The, like, remember the lemon tree. Remember the lemon tree. The text me about lemon, lemon trees. Tree. I want to yeah, know. Yeah, I'm going to text you tomorrow about lemon trees and see if you're Give her some time. Give her the end of the week. Um, <laughs> I felt bad for poor Angela, my mom. It, yeah, she she likes tough. Mother's Day. I'm getting a little antsy. Tough, tough. I do miss. That's the thing I'm sort of missing the most right now is a good old family dinner with for the kids. For sure. And yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Angela and my sisters and stuff. That's kind of. 
I am getting a little stir crazy. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to get out of the house a little more. Got to do it. Taking walks and such, but got to do it. It's also cold and shitty. Snowing, out. yeah, snowing. snowing in May, yeah, yeah. What the uh-huh. f- is going on? I don't understand. Climate change. Climate change. No, I, I, I get mean... that part. Um, <laughs> but yeah, shout out to all the moms out there. Uh, also, I wanted to put out a sad piece of news today: uh, mm. the passing away of legendary comedian actor Jerry Stiller. Yeah. Uh, who. You might know from a million things, but I always think of is uh, is George Costanza, right? best known as Frank Costanza. Frank Costanza, yeah, Frank Costanza, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I went back and we watched a couple of those clips. Yeah, man, hilarious. Well, you know what's funny about a guy like Jerry Stiller, and, and you actually brought it up when we were talking about it. He's in this scene, and there's a clip we were watching. It was an outtake, and it's him and you know Jason Alexander and Louis uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus, like two of the most acclaimed comic actors of the sure. our decade, right? And they are cracking up. Yeah, looking at, Jer- at Jerry Stiller. They can't get through the scene. Yeah. And, and he's a total pro. Stone-faced. Man, and I, it must be wild to, like, it's crazy, 97 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And again, you we, we said about it, it's one of those people, like, if you told me that Jerry Stiller had already died, I would have believed, <laughs> I believed it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, famous from a different era, like that oh, different yeah. era of celebrity, when it was, mm-hmm. like, him and his wife for, like, a showtime, like, there were a couple doing, like, like a vaudeville. Vaudeville, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What a time to be alive, man. Mm-hmm. Hack of life. Jerry Stiller. So, Frank Costanza, sad to see you go. Yeah, go watch a couple Frank Costanza-centric episodes of Seinfeld if you can find them. I'm sure that there's a lot of like... Just go to YouTube, it's on there. <coughs> um, let's talk, I guess let's get into any sort of COVID stuff for the week. I have a couple things I want to talk about. What's been on your sort of mind this week since we've talked last about quarantine and the world at large? Um, Nothing. Nothing? Really, nothing changed. I mean, it's still just maintain, you know... People are people might be pushing out. People might be doing different things, reopening various mm-hmm. things. I people have a lot of thoughts. People are very concerned about what other folks are going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to keep kind of keep my head down and just take it as it comes. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard not to spend too much time. Not that you want to just be like plug your ears and not listen to it and not think mm-hmm. about it, but I'm trying to make sure it's very important right now to not just spin yourself out about stuff that you have no control yeah. over. Um, yeah, I think that's true, and I'm, I'm starting to see some interesting articles actually that are less about the direct covid pandemic and more about what it means about us as human beings sure. like this whole thing yeah, yeah. uh and I, I will point you guys to an article that i won't dig into too much but go to the guardian and there's an article on there called the grand illusion mm. uh, and it's how the pandemic exposed that we're all just pretending it's the point of this article yeah, yeah and really what it's talking about is sort of that this pandemic has sort of exposed the idea that People have always been struggling before this, yeah. but don't want to talk about the struggle because it's embarrassing to talk about our struggle because we live in a society where if you're not making enough or doing as much, it means you're not working hard enough. It means you're enough. garbage. Yeah, yeah. It means you're garbage and you're not yeah. working hard enough. Yep. And a lot, and this really, and the article really gets into a lot about like, hopefully what we take away from this as going forward is a lot of these things that bring us stress and problems in our life are not actually in our control or individual problems, but signs of a societal problem at large. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that goes two ways. Um, I mm. think, number one, I think we will take that away, but I think they won't, and I think mm. that will continue to be the problem. Um, not to put it into black and white terms like that, but I think what you're getting at is something a little more philosophically at large mm. that I try to subscribe myself to all the time is, yeah. you know, that that sort of, like, uh, in a classic, like, Marcus Aurelius-style stoic philosophy where it's the notion of, you know, the only thing that you have any control over is the way that you react to yeah. outside stimuli. Mm-hmm. And anything mm-hmm. that you can't control, anything that you have no control over, is not something that's worth, like, you know, pouring your emotions and getting all upset and getting all worked yeah. up about. You know what I mean? And just yeah. trying to keep an even keel and trying to remember, like, what's important and, you know, steer the boat and stay mm-hmm. stoic and firm in the storm. You know what I mean? 
Uh, and I just, you know, and again, I have a few things, but I just wanted to share this article. It with sounds you like a really good article. Um, it's really, it's a, it hits right on a really interesting yeah. concept that you know, hopefully, more people are talking about and do become to talk about because I think that's really starting to drive home in a lot of people and realize that you know, the emperor has been wearing no clothes. Yeah. For, for a great, great many of years in this country, you know, and a lot, and couple, that means a couple different things, but, you know. I'll give you one quick quote out of here before I move on from it. Uh, individual shame and an individual desire to succeed in ruthless systems has kept many of us quiet about this country's failure, uh, failures, but now uh, so blatantly that's so blatantly apparent. One of the things I hope this crisis makes space for is for us to acknowledge and saying out loud that our losses and our failures are not our own individual faults. Mm. I hope we might begin to say out loud the ways the system has failed. Well, that's the only reason that you're seeing uh, certain certain ideological spheres uh, push to get back out there and reopen their economy. And they'll give you a lot of wild stuff, and they'll talk about the economy. And it's not necessarily wrong. The economy's got to be good, Correct. and it's very tough sure. for a lot of people, and people are struggling. But, you know, science is science. It's not going to go away just because you want it mm -hmm. to. A lot of the reason you're seeing these folks push about the reopen right now that you see, like, you know, folks on Fox News stuff talk like that is because they don't want to give anybody any room to sit here and be – if people were to have to stay on unemployment, right, and people are on unemployment, sure. so they extend unemployment benefits mm -hmm. and they pass one of these bills or people are getting $2,000 a month and people start realizing, wait a minute, unemployment can pay more than just going and working. Yeah. It stops making – there's been a lot of time spent making – misdefining the word socialism and turning it into a boogeyman cover-all term yes. for, like, any sort of, like, mm -hmm. socially progressive policy. Mm -hmm. And now if people have no choice but to lean into some of these progressive policies and be like, oh, wait, this isn't the end of the world gulag that we've been lied to about yeah. for a long time, people continue to do that waking up. And so you got to push, no, 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 this is the way, this is the way, you know what I mean? Because so, too many people are starting to notice and be like, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, you know I mean, seen... something is wrong here. Something smells. Something's fishy. Uh, also, and I, I can't help but feel a little tinfoil hatty when I say it. You know, you look at all these states pushing reopen. You see Florida. You see a lot of places pushing reopen. How much of this is because we are six months out from an election cycle and the idea that certainly the economy plays into it. Yeah, is... yeah. Certain, certainly, yeah, that, it certainly plays into it. I mean, you. You know, if you can't tout the economy being well under your reign, people historically have proven that that's something that yeah. really, really motivates electorates, you know, spanning over generations. So, And I'm definitely one of those second wave people where I'm concerned. If you're an, inc yeah, if you're an incumbent person anywhere, I mean, you, you know, the economy is one of the biggest things you yeah. ride on no matter what you're running for. Mm -hmm. Be it, you know, the local mayor talks about the economy all the way up to, you know, the presidency and everything in between. That's a huge, huge, one of the stone pillars of what people, you know, run on and talk about when they run for office. Uh, I also want to just mention uh, a couple of pieces of news. Uh, Dr. Fauci came out here today uh, in light of all of these sports talking about potential reopening and things like that. Uh, essentially came out an article on Newsweek today saying that football, American football, is, quote, the perfect environment to spread the coronavirus. Makes sense. They got all the pads. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get everything into the pads. Yeah, yeah. You're spitting and drooling all in the guy's shoulder pads. So Bumping up against folks, piling up, respirating. And I'm sure that there are other people out there who are listening to the show who feel this way. But I think that is the the frustration, the aggravation of getting into the news and reading this stuff every day is for every like article you read that's like, states want to push to reopen, businesses want to reopen, there's like another article that's like, more people are sick. Yeah, There's... I mean, we all want that. Yeah. But, like, people keep dying. Yeah. People aren't going to stop. You know what I mean? Like, wait till, wait till you... If people push, people reopen, everybody gets out there, you want to have your summer, you want to have your big events, know that that second wave will come and it'll be mm -hmm. a lot worse than the first yeah. one. That's just, that's... I'm... It sucks, man. I get it. It sucks. And we all deal with it every day and we talk about it all day mm -hmm. and we're all dealing with it our own way. It sucks, but, like, things are different. 
And I know that people want it to reopen and they want it to go back and they want it to change, but just because you want it, unfortunately, doesn't mean that that's the reality of the situation. It yeah. sucks. I'm not unsympathetic to that, but I'm just saying, like, I gotta take your medicine. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you gotta accept it. Hard. Sometimes you gotta accept the hard truth and try to find another way around the problem. Yeah, it feels like uh, this is, again, we are not in an era where nuance is valued, right? Oh, and God, this, no. And no, this no. is a subject that requires... Uh, a very hefty balance of nuance to like make sure well, we're doing. There's things so right. much complexity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't. It's not a. It's not a children's storybook. It's like a reference book. Yeah. You know, it's like a 1500 page like reference volume scholarly text, not a 10 page kids book. And I actually heard a really. Well, I actually heard a really interesting take. It was from uh, Ryan Russillo was talking about the NBA and essentially they were talking about you know players getting paid and like these teams getting paid for like the TV stuff. And I think it was Adam Silver who the the, G, uh, the owner of uh, the the. the the commissioner of the NBA, who's like, look, like, say what you want about TV revenues or shows. Like, this is an unprecedented situation. There's no clause in the contracts for pandemic-related... Right. Like, so everyone is sort of flying on the seat of their pants 100%. almost everywhere 100%. in every aspect of life. Yeah. Uh, I'm still waiting to hear, like, from the education stuff. Like, what mm-hmm. is going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And then one last other piece of news. I saw that the Tyson Chicken Factory has been linked to 4,500 cases of COVID. Now. I believe it. I believe it. Meatpacking. Ah, oh, man. I don't know. It, it's so scary. And I guess I'll leave it on this one. I've said it a bunch of times. It's one of those kind of things. It's not like a monster movie where at the end... There's some big climactic thing, and then every the, the, the fight's over, and everyone goes home and rebuilds. Right. There will not be a moment where the papers just say, like, COVID defeated. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, well, there might be, but they'll be lying. <laughs> like, mission certain ac- papers. Mission accomplished, yeah. Certain papers. Um, I was in, I had to go into a store to make some purchases this week, and I saw National Enquirer touting some wild headlines on the front. Wild headlines. So some papers. <laughs> the, well, the National Enquirer. Jeez. Uh, God, I haven't thought about the National. What was the other one when we were kids? Not the National Enquirer. Well, National Enquirer used to just be like celebrity junk, but National Enquirer is the one that's uh, that Michael Cohen, Trump's boy, and all them own. So it's all just it's like Trump's weird little tabloid. What was the one when we were kids? Weekly World News. The Batman. Bat Boy. Bat Boy. Yes. That's the, that's the, the one. Thing? The black and white one. I mean, no. Maybe I've never seen that. Maybe like, somewhere, but like they don't put that out at the grocery store anymore. He used to put that at the grocery store. Anywhere. <laughs> what a Any time. Good. Dude, I'd be a kid and I'd be in the grocery store and I'd be like, holy shit, Burt Reynolds is cheating on his wife and Bat Boy is raising hell in Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> my mom would always What be, a scary world. My mom would always be like, that's not a real thing. Mm. I'm like, what, Bat Boy? She's like, no, it's not real. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't know, like, I got a picture of him out there. <laughs> I would read it and like say stuff and I'd be like nerved out in the car. My mom was like, oh, what's the matter with you? I'm like, oh, you know, I saw in the checkout aisle that the, you know, the alien, government alien helicopters are rounding up children firstborn and she's like you're probably alright <laughs> yeah you're probably it's, it's all we're good guys now, my, you know what though my mother is where I learned my sarcastic ball breaking from because she'd be much more likely to be like you know you're right we didn't want to tell you but a couple of days they're coming for you until I'd actually get upset she's like no I'm just I'm messing with you See, all my humor came from my sisters Angela sure, I was the oldest so I had to get it from the parents don't get me wrong I love Angela she's mm-hmm. the greatest happy mother's day I wouldn't call Angela like a a comedic genius in any way. She's very sweet and earnest. She's not like... Uh, no, she's she's funny, but she doesn't know... I don't... She probably doesn't be cognizance of what her... Where her humor is. And my old so man... she doesn't know how to use it. My old man thinks he's funny. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's, Your he's, old man would have been funny in like meatballs. Like some sort of... Uh, like 84. Summer at 84, your dad was probably rocking. Uh, but much like you, I think, and we've talked about this with you and your sister, like 
something about women in my and they they get that humor. My sister mm. Kelly is way funnier than well, I'll my, ever be in my life. Like, I mean, I, my mom was super funny, and my grandmother was really funny. Like I say, mm. I get that from my mom, but like my grandmother could like ball break and like <laughs> pop sarcastic lines with the best of them, and like I always have something always, to say. Your sister was my sister is hilarious, unconsciously funny. She's my sister. Out of yeah, lights out funny. Yeah. Uh, I feel I was talking I don't and I've had this argument I was talking to someone earlier about like me being in a podcast I'm like I'm not funny on the show and it's like I, I'm not really supposed to be funny though I guess mm. I don't know if I'm funny You the less you try to be funny the funnier you are sometimes <laughs> unless we get it like for the people abroad like you and me have like we know each other well enough and have specific enough humor that we can get off into tangents you know what I mean and get laughing about stuff I have a bad habit of doing humor for me that doesn't Fair enough. Do you know I mean like I'll Fair do like enough. jokes that like I used to do with Dano, and it, which isn't even a joke. It'll just be like an inflection just on a something. Thing that you sat out and it's one not, time and laughed at. Yeah. yeah, and it's not funny at all. But uh, yeah, it's super weird. I need to meet. I need to go out in public and see real people again. I think I'm getting insulated with too many of the same Why individuals. Start now? No, yeah, <laughs> because now I'm done with school and I don't feel so stressed. I do want to talk about the post school stuff because I had a really nice conversation actually with Justin about um, education and like choosing a career when we were growing up. Um, but I'm going to save that for actually afterwards because we're already about 20 minutes in and Justin and I are just about to talk about it. So mm-hmm. I'll bring you back riding on that. But I have one uh, wholesome story. Uh, I'm calling it No Duh News. Uh, and this is a report I heard earlier this week. I read it on zaysan.com. Uh, a recent study finds that human beings have more empathy for dogs than other human beings. Of course. To which I say, yeah, no duh. Yeah, of course. Dogs are the best of us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is it because we repre- do we project our feelings about what is good and pure on dogs, or do we steal those ideas from the dogs themselves? Dogs have those dogs. It's innate in dogs <laughs> to be good and pure. You look into the eyes of a golden retriever. You don't know if the anthropomorphize anything. It's in there. <laughs> it's in there. We were. I saw today driving my car a gentleman walking an old golden retriever and mm. a puppy golden retriever. Mm. Those dogs were doing their own thing. I didn't need to project anything. The circle, we, uh, and it was beautiful. Uh, speaking of coronavirus content from last week, we—I don't know if you were here when we watched a couple of the, the dog shows we were watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what they're doing when they're out there. No, they're not. Like, what are they judging? No, what are they looking they got, at? They got like a weird book where they're like measuring. Oh, well, the gate of the hips, and that's all dumb. Great gate on. I just like to dogs. look at dogs. All right. Uh, speaking of somebody who likes to look at dogs, uh, Justin uh, from Utica is back again this week. Um, I mean, unlike last week where we actually had a reason to have him on, it was like the six-year anniversary of Made in Utica. This was just sort of a... Six a, years, one week. It was sort of a... <laughs> it was a good conversation. We actually talked a lot about... Uh, so the conversation really is going to be a lot about um, content creation and YouTube and how Made in Utica missed the boat on doing the Bon Appetit idea, which I'll talk mm. to you about like how we should have been all pushing our own individual content for the gre- uh, for the greater good of the overall brand. For sure. Yeah, I could have been Brad. Mm. I, well, I'm not as naturally charming as Brad, but I could have been. You know the idea. Anyway, huh. you'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, here's Justin from Made in Utica. We'll be back in just a minute.
so weird now when I like have to get this show ready now over the last few weeks because I don't really know what we're I haven't come up with like new content for like a special episode which I might have to do for next week I might have to think of some kind of like uh like we were doing with the TV episodes I'm talking about yeah. like a content specific episode jazz it up a little well here's my problem the TV thing worked because you and Kevin and I yeah have watched a lot of the same shows and we essentially doctored that list to have mostly yeah, shows that we, we could talk about. Borrowed a list and made adjustments to things we all mutually watch for well, it's agreements like, that, like to carry the yeah, content. Yeah, yeah to yeah, carry yeah, discussion. Yeah. There were shows that weren't on that list because we didn't watch them. Yeah. And there's no point in us being like, well, yeah. I think this show is better than yeah. The Sopranos. Or and if I had whatever. it my way, I would have gotten rid of game shows. And a, I would have done a mystery bracket. I still think the, the leftovers, the right? The NIT bracket of like shows we watch that are like garbage shows, like Forged in Fire or Knife and Death, or like you throw uh, up a Temptation Island, Temptation Island, Knife or Death in a finals. I don't know if I can make <laughs> that one season. That first season of Temptation Island we watched was just unpeachable. It was amazing. It was so good. Yeah, I, some you ever notice with like you remember like the surreal life and like some of the those other real life. Um, like, Wait, is that? VH1? Yeah. And then, like... Who's on This Real Life? I think it was all the celebrities, wasn't it? Yeah, but what kind of celebrities are you like, talking uh, about? I'm trying to get, like, a... It was Peter, the Brady Bunch guy. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> for some reason, I thought you were going to say Peter North. I'm like, that's no, not the kind no, of show no, I would watch. No, um, no. No, I... But there's, like, particular seasons of these old trash TV shows that, like, when you watch multiple ones of them, they just... Certain characters have a certain appeal. And I think that I mean, first season of Temptation Island, you can't... I don't know if you can duplicate that. I hate to have you do research on here. I bet you could pull up... There was a period of time... When there was a lot of those VH1 style shows, like Flavor Flav had a show, uh, the Brady Kid, had, you're talking about the yeah, Partridge Kid had a show. Utica's own I Love New York. I Love New York, Flavor Flav. Yeah. Uh, like, it, it felt like there was definitely a period of time in that mid 2000s where it's like, let's get a, not a celebrity, but someone wild, yeah. a, a crazy person. C lister. A C lister or a yeah. crazy person. And that was also in the same era of like the celebrity rehab the Celebrity show, rehab was in there, yeah. Which I. I did watch, and then they made my a very Brady wedding or something with the two of them out of the, that show. There is a right. It was him and Adriana Lima, right? Is that who it is? Was that the? Was that her last? No, name? I don't know if there was her name. Now. She was I'm, from. That's probably wrong. Got yeah. next. Got our the the model. She show. was too hot for him. I hate to say oh, that. I know yeah, that's like young, uh, younger, that's, yeah. It was crazy. They're yeah, not married anymore, I don't believe. Uh, <laughs> believe that or no, not. Well, it's funny, too, especially now in, in the time of Adrian quarantine. Curry. Adrian Curry. Adriana Curry? Adrian Curry. Adrian Curry? I yeah. don't know. Who's Adriana Lima? Is that someone different? Sounds Probably like somebody I know. I'm not. Someone, someone on Twitter's going to be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, well, especially now in the time of, like, um, you know, quarantine still, as we go into, like, I guess this is... Shit, I guess this is two months now. Well, 15th of, what, March-ish? It was like March 15th, 16th-ish? Yeah, so... Before general we're, we're, we've right gotten... There. We're now officially two months into the the quarantine, yeah. it seems like. Well, they had canceled even the parade, which would have been even before yeah. that, the St. Patrick's Parade. So cancellations were coming even yeah. even before that. So, and then yeah. next week would have been Kids Day, yes? Yeah. Yeah, next day would have been the first week, yeah. 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 I've had a lot of people, even after listening to our uh, podcast last week... Uh, so there's of, people listening good yeah uh reaching out to sort of you know i think people it is the same thing we've talked about all the time and I, I hate to read i have a bunch of other stuff that's not coronavirus yeah, related yeah, yeah, but yeah. like i hate to recap the same things over and over again but it feels like that's what goes on now yeah. in this world but uh get used to it. it it's it's one of those things people ask me and i've had a couple people send me messages hey what's going on with the park what's going on with this yeah i mean we want there to be 
stuff there. Yes. There's no question, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. We're in also a perfect not, world. There would be things going on. Yeah. We're also not naive to the the realities of the situation, yeah. right? And I, I mean, heard, I think we're phase four. If you right, qual- yeah, yeah, qual- yeah, yeah. even qualify, like put in there, we're not quite like we could be retail, but we're not currently open so that would like take out a phase two thing and plus you're talking like mass gatherings and like people there like we would be the last phase anyways it would just the hope would be is that there yeah. we don't lose a whole it's the worst um, i mean everything's the worst timing but for like this is a we don't open during the winter you know what i mean so it could be a good long while if we don't get to do anything this year so uh, and we're going to talk about graduation and school stuff in a minute but now that i'm done mm-hmm. quote unquote it seems like uh we have sort of been chatting up ways in which we can still sort of reach out to people find ways to interact with people on these kids day events that would have yeah. been at the park or yeah test out some virtual event concepts and kind of push the the same things that the park would provide but kind of in a virtual atmosphere i don't know we're bouncing things around it seems like a weird transition i'm going to make here but yeah i think it makes sense in in this time now in quarantine time yep people are putting out new content all sorts of new content i want to talk about the parks and rec thing in a second um, are people willing to accept less in terms of the quality of content now? Because we just, yeah. like, I think because there's so little content, like we just spent like three of the last, two of the last nights watching wrestling on Friday night and then on Sunday night for the pay-per-view. I wouldn't sit here and say that that was the, certainly the best pay-per-view I've ever watched or kind right. of tough watches. Uh, but we're willing to accept it because there's what else is there? there yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I wonder like... I see so many things, too, to like, oh, we're going to do a digital version of this, a yeah. digital version of that. And I commend anyone who wants to do it. Yeah. But, and it's not a knock on the people who are doing it. I just think it's really hard to do content this way. Yeah, to- you have to have kind of a pre-existing base. Like, we were just talking about it with the podcast stuff. Like, sometimes it's a, a topic that, you know, people who have been following for... You're not counting on new people to join in on a TV show because yeah. they would need to know us a little bit more, which would require past listening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... So the idea of people trying to do some of that evergreen stuff to a, a, a base is probably the way that you want yeah. to go. Trying to generate some new stuff, you're probably going to get lost in the shuffle a little bit, you know? I mean, we're probably behind the curve as yeah. a company in terms of Made in Utica, weirdly, on this. Like, we should have been... This is going to sound really pretentious. I mean, <laughs> this is going to sound really pretentious right now. I'm going to say it. We should have been doing the Bon Appetit thing where every member of the team is their own sort of content creator and putting out... More content, yeah. Well, like, getting each of the members of Maiden Utica over individually to help raise the profile of the brand. Yeah. Like, because if, if you and me and Mark and Jill and Kate and Kevin all put out a different piece of YouTube content or yep. whatever, just for the sake of conversation, we'll say YouTube, right? And let's say, I don't know, Jill's TikTok dance tutorials... <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're getting mad hits. Yeah. Right? Way more hits than everything else than my two-hour Nicaragua documentary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. It would still raise the profile of the individual brand as long as, as well as bringing, like, we yeah. probably should have been trying to, like, build up. Now I see a lot of people trying to do that content. Like, everyone's copying the Bon Appetit style, especially on, yep. like, YouTuber platform now, are like, let's have each person of our team try and get a thing over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, I think with, the content in particular too is that people use their mobile devices and like their computers and or Netflix like when they come home mm-hmm. from work and like when they watch their show on this day or whatever, right? Yeah. Like when you're at home and using YouTube constantly, 
you find a lot more things and you're willing to settle for like certain qualities on things. So I think the idea of, of going through Netflix more, you're probably catching a whole bunch of more yeah. things that you wouldn't normally watch. So like anything you can do to kind of stand out because people are going to now maybe flip through a few mm-hmm. more things than they normally would have, you know? What's, where's YouTube's place in this whole world of like content? <laughs> I, I wish think about it this was all more the time. consistent. I like the idea of the content creator. Obviously, we were just talking about it, like being able to like make stuff. Is it get, because YouTube is it? so like not user friendly in terms of content creators, like the way that they sort of demonetize everything and make it such a pain in the ass to put your stuff up there and make money? Is that re- is it just the hurdle of how? I think lots of people make good money on it though, like playing within the guidelines. I guess right. It's just such a massive audience in a one in a million it's like playing baseball like to actually make the majors is probably a fraction of the guys who actually get drafted i'm sure that there's listeners out there who know more about this than i do but um everything i've ever read about people who put up youtube content whether it's any of the wrestling content we watch or the soccer content that i watch all the time or video game content which just exists ad nauseum on youtube at a a level that i never expected um all i ever read is just like youtube like content strikes, like YouTube taking down videos, banning videos, taking down your stuff. You can't yeah. use this content. You can't use that content. Like, what's funny it's... is like even on videos, if you're like making a video in your kitchen that we're using on the website hypothetically, and you're playing like music in the background, and like YouTube yeah. or Facebook picks it up, they'll just like pull the video, and it's like you it had nothing to that. do with it. Yeah. Oh yeah, sometimes it's like you know, you know that mm-hmm. it's going to come, but then sometimes you just kind of like, I only need it for a little bit anyways. If I can just get it out there for a few days, well, it'll be fine. I think the ultimate example of that is the Jurassic Park one. Yeah. If you go back to our Jurassic Park video, I mean, it got some nice, people looked at it, but like yeah. if more people looked at it, I'm sure we would have got hit for something, yeah. right? Like, Yeah. Well, that was like a weird time on Facebook too, because I want to say the Back to the Future one clearly has... The Back to the Future, openly. Yeah. And we're just co-opting. Yeah, it's straight up the, sh- the trailer is a shot-for-shot remake. <laughs> there is probably some level of protection, though, if you're openly doing parody. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there is... If you're doing commentary or satire or parody on something, I think you're moderately protective. That doesn't mean they're going to not take it down. Yeah. Right? It just means that if... It's if definitely they for down, the music, not for the shot for shot remake. Right. That's so if, similar to Jurassic Park, people could have been confused. If, yeah, yeah, they're gonna make it if, but I'm saying like if they took that down, yeah, it wouldn't be because we were making fun of Back to the Future and doing bits from the movie. It'd be because oh, we yeah. used the music. Oh, that yeah. would be yeah. the reason it gets yeah. taken. It's not the yeah. satire or doing commentary on something that exists. That's yeah, that exists on YouTube forever. Yeah, right, but. I think the idea, too, is that you can probably get, like, resentment out there where people just report you all the time on YouTube. I bet you that happens like, these big channels. People just go and, like, report and say, like, offensive content, and YouTube just flags it, even if it's for, like, a few hours, and you just have to be, like... I mean, not to get too in the weeds, it's what happened to us when we got that collective strike against us. You remember that on Facebook when someone just started tagging all our shit? And, I mean... It happens. Yeah, you could do it. That happens to us on a small scale. Think about how often that happens to somebody who's got like 500,000 YouTube followers, a million Instagram, whatever the whatever that kind of number is. Just yeah. someone who doesn't Competition like Competition or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's got to be such a nightmare. It's to a watch. wild world. And that's why the idea of like the influencer thing. Does is... YouTube go up now in the pandemic thing? Because more people are like, do you see how, how YouTube easy makes it is money. to make content? I mean, I guess I know how they make money, but I don't know how to determine algorithms, right? Like, so, 
those Bon Appetit videos like we're talking yeah. about. Like, let's say Claire's videos are getting, what, like 2 million views? Right? Yeah, Brad's getting 3, 4 million yeah. on some of those that's lives. But over like a certain period of time... They're not like, really selling anything. They're not selling anything. There's no commercials the necessarily. I guess. And the website, I And the guess. website, yep. Um, but at the end of the day, 2.5 million views on a video, is that still... That's still worse than like the amount of people who watch like... The blacklist on NBC every week in one night. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In one night, right? So you would have to get that many viewers on Bone Empty's video in like one day. To right? Yeah, 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 like yeah. TV yeah. viewership. It's like we were talking about with wrestlers and professional athletes. Even the best professional wrestler who's yeah. making three million dollars a year is still only making as much as like a median to bench level real NBA player, right. real sport. Right. So even the best YouTuber probably isn't pulling in the numbers of, like, a TV show, unless you're, like, in the top. Like, unless you're, like, what's that guy? Uh, the one that are all the, the kids. Ninja? Yeah, Ninja. Like, if you're that guy, right? Or Ninja, whatever. Or PewDiePie. Yeah, PewDiePie, or whatever. yeah. yeah. Uh, that shows how disconnected I am from what's popular, because I'm still using PewDiePie as an example. But, yeah, like, maybe those guys are pulling in numbers that are high enough to be comparable to, like, a television show or a Netflix yeah. series. But... Well, I would imagine you're facilitating it to other types of revenue. So, like, within that show, you should probably be selling, like, T-shirts or merch or to your website or your social traffic that you're getting paid to be an influencer on, right? Like, so the YouTube probably acts as a hub for more revenue forms. So, like, as an athlete, so you, like, money. play basketball, but then you also have a shoe yeah. deal and, like, a commercial deal and, like, all this other stuff that makes extra revenue. Well... The other argument I always have with Kevin is not about taping this show because I don't want to tape this show. It's yeah. it's simply just that I'm lazy. Yeah. And I don't think that, in, and not for nothing, I don't think that people seeing the room that we film this in will add anything to the experience. Right. It's like when I watch uh, the Joe Rogan podcast on YouTube, Yeah, I tend to watch it on YouTube as opposed to listen to it because I actually like watching him interact with the person across yes, from him. There's, yeah. there's some interesting... Uh, body language and like stuff. Yeah, the studio up. does something to people. It's like the Howard Stern thing. Yeah, when you walk yeah. into Howard's studio, that atmosphere does different things to people. When they yeah. go in, they'll be willing to do whatever, say whatever. You know, like well, for you, some reason, you gain something by looking at the body language that people pose. Like I remember, I think the the obvious example is like when you saw Elon Musk on there talking yep. to Rogan and Elon. When he's talking to a, a quote unquote regular person like Joe Rogan, yeah, he's not really a regular person. He makes tons of money, right? But he seemed weird and twitchy you're like what's up with this guy <laughs> like, he's gonna be head yeah it's like are you out gotcha journalism yeah. gotcha girls i find it wild that joe rogan has become such a that's the point of the internet youtube content right like yeah. you just look at someone like that and be like wow if he you know it's so that's also the revenue thing it's so random as to what people gravitate to and what people watch so like i don't think bon Appetit ever thought they would be getting Can three you... million views now it died oh you put the died yeah let's say i want to know what the most popular like youtube channels are like in general because I, I wonder how many of them are like big time is it like cnbc and fox News's youtube channels yeah. is it like Probably like some of these younger, like that yeah. PewDiePie thing. I mean, I'm sure they have hundreds of millions. Any of, of this that... like competitive gaming, any of this esports stuff has tons of people yeah. around it. Um, I don't know. We, we've talked about like what we could do for YouTube content. I love the way that a lot of soccer content is presented on YouTube, especially like some of these long form Darby Day stuff that I watch yeah. on Copa or those Tifo football videos, which no one knows what we're talking about, but yeah. go look them up just for the sake of. Checking out how they're made. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're on really the good. Athletic now, if any of you have that fancy subscription. Yeah, so. fancy subscription. Because that's something we've sort of quietly talked about, is doing some sort of takeoff on that kind of yeah. idea with the animated 
like a real picture, but do the animation over yeah. the top of it. And yeah, just coming up with <clears throat> a lot of it is, is content based too. Is you got to find. It's really going to be interesting depending on what we're able to do and not do right like so if i'm at home all summer not being able to work or do things at the park then i'll have more time to really go in on on some stuff right like you and i so let's just let's spitball right here and i'll think i'll maybe i'll put a poll up on twitter afterwards for the folks out there if we spitball let's say four things that we could theoretically do some sort of like short form youtube content about and let people decide what, what could we theoretically do right we could do like Utica stuff, I guess. Like yep. we could do like a history of something from Utica, I guess. Yeah, I even like for uh, things that I think about that I make into blog content. You can probably just make kind of you know more digestible videos instead of longer form blogs. Yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah. like um, you know historical thing. Like I've looked up stuff on like a history of the odd type of thing. Right? Yeah, like yeah. If you're gonna write that into a long form article, you could probably make a better well, we have... infographic video that people will digest better. You know what you know? I would like to do is maybe something like on the history of like Genesee Street. Genesee. Do you know what I mean? Like well, you got that Erie Canal piece. I do have the Erie Canal piece, and I just have all that uh, that artwork I found. Yeah. Well, I mean, that... I think something with the history of the lot, we were looking it up earlier. Yeah. Remember the hotel? Like, I was showing you the old pictures and everything. Like, probably doing just a lot of what was on Handshake as a history thing is probably pretty in-depth. So, this is my, my history white whale, and for years I've been looking up content, trying to find this, and I can never find it. So, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, please reach out to me. I was at the Albany... Um, Natural History Museum. There's a, mu- there's a hi- natural mu- museum. Yeah, the Museum of Natural History mm-hmm. in Albany. That's mm-hmm. in that little complex in there. It's pretty cool. And when I was there once, I was there with a friend, and we, I saw something about, like prehistoric upstate New York, and something about like where Utica would be, to like the part of Pangaea that is now Utica. Yeah, was underwater. And though it's not, it wasn't called the Utica Sea. Essentially, it right. was the Utica yeah. Sea, right? Like Utica, because Utica wasn't a thing. So you wouldn't have called it the Utica Sea back then. Yeah. But essentially, if Utica existed as a place, it would have been underwater, and it would have been the Utica Sea. So it's something I think about all the time. You want to know something funny that's a little bit off here, quick? Yeah, I, I went it. down to Handshake, um, drove around the, the warehouse because I there's a big spot that pulls up with water. I call it like Handshake. Yeah, Handshake. There is a beached boat. I shit you not. Like, I drove around, and I was like, either somebody, like, dropped it off here, like, on the side, or, uh, block, like, cause we ran off the side from the yeah. Massey, so maybe, like, they're getting rid of something, or people, or someone just, like, ditched it. Hmm. And it was like, <laughs> someone cruising through, like, Handshake and got grounded or something, but uh, there's an actual boat sitting in front. Yeah, so I don't Lake know what that, where it came from. Lake or <laughs> if you're just dumping boats back there, don't. <laughs> like, I don't know. If Lake that's... Handshake is in the parking lot, is the part where the water pools by the, the drainage ditch, is that the Utica Sea? Is that the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're 19 minutes in, typically, and I didn't even get yet to the part that I really want to talk about. Uh, because I'm sure that I'm going to talk about... And like I was saying earlier, I'm never sure what kind of content I should bring to you mm. or to Kevin. And some of this stuff is probably going to... I'm probably going to talk about with Kevin anyway. But essentially, I'm I'm done with the school now. Yes. Everything I've found out, I have essentially graduated. I don't know so far. As, I don't want to go so far as I have my master's degree, but I, until it's in the until mail it's like in my hand out, and I'm yeah. holding it. But I'm done, and I've had a really complicated relationship with education going all the way back to like when I got out of high school. And I, I again, I'm sure I'm talking about this, with Kevin. So I'll do the quick timeline. 
in general, it was like by the time I got out of high school, I was already interested in like playing in a band and didn't yeah. really give a shit about going to college. Did my two years at MV and was like, that's it, I'm done. No more of this. Did the band thing for a while. That ended. Go listen to the Blueprint podcast if you want to know that <laughs> yeah. story. After that, go back to MV to get like the last like credit I needed. Yeah. Transfer to college and use uh, yeah. Hunter. Yep. Didn't really did it because I didn't know what else to do. Got to the end, said that's it, I'm done with this, I don't want anymore. Came back to you to go found the job that made me go back into education. Got the masters. Now I'm done, and I'm like, I don't want to do anymore. And I'm afraid I'll get sucked into something else. But for like the last, I would say for the last goddamn sixteen to twenty years of my life, I've been chasing paper. Right? Just yeah. Pieces. I mean, even if you count high school to an extent, like you're you go back how long? Because you spent that's the the grad- two thousand four when I graduated high school. So you're yes. Talking- 16 years so you would have spent that many years having hit milestones in education already and then you spent another you know and because of the coronavirus stuff it feels very anticlimactic i haven't really been able to have walked and really celebrated and talked to anybody uh i haven't announced it to the public like my mom has not like the general public what are you gonna stand on a roof because angela because angela wants to like post it on her Facebook page. And my mom my mom wants to like put it up so she we're can We're friends now. I don't know why we oh, weren't. Yeah. I don't even know why we weren't. I don't even understand. <laughs> You're not ever really on happened. Facebook. Yeah, I know. It was just uh... uh and I just uh you know, and I just wondered, you know, I've had such a complicated history with education and now I'll go back to working in school essentially, but um I was just curious as someone who like went the other sort of route and like you were doing like the H trip C thing and mm-hmm. like what when did you decide, like, what did you want to get out of education when you did the college thing? I was basically going to do, like, broadcasting stuff. There's a bunch of different places you can keep going with it. There's not generally a bunch of money in it. So the idea was try to get hired with what I got from there, see if it's, like, something yeah. that I can progress in. So you're thinking of it as more of a resource for, like, the real world. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, if I could get hired doing, like, I, I did a lot of directing and stuff, and I got hired within a couple of months, yeah. like, not even, when I, I think by the time I was done with Herkimer, I had already been ready to interview for a place to KTV and, and yeah. do stuff like that, and so I was, and then I was working at Vernon Down, so I got into the field just by knowing people at the college, like, one of my teacher's husbands had this one job and gave me, like, the shot at it, you yeah. know what I mean, like, and one of my other teachers recommended me for a job type of deal, so I made better connections. Yeah my teachers putting me in a better placement than I did necessarily. But the idea was to, to take the broadcast part and then maybe expand on it later, whether it be like a journalism aspect yeah. where it's a little bit more specific to a craft of, of thing or online content or whatever. <clears throat> and uh, it just, I re- I didn't need the stuff I was doing. I didn't need to go and, and do more things, I guess. Like there wasn't See, extra steps to just... That's YouTube content or whatever, you know? Like, that's interesting to me because I always felt like in hindsight now that the education I got, yep. I wasn't really committed to being a teacher up until three years ago. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like when I got out of Hunter with my history degree, I was not interested in teaching. I yep. was like, oh, <laughs> I was going to work in a museum. Do you know what I mean? I was going to go like, I was playing in bands and like trying to get over the idea that me and my buddy could start like a... A company that would like score music and TV shows. We wanted to write. Essentially. You wanted to be that dude uh, with his face from um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Being, <laughs> Doing shout out to my scores. shout out to my buddy Adam Goldstein because and it's actually a pretty good 
line of discussion, actually. Like, <laughs> over the years, there's only been a few things I ever really thought that I would do with my life. Yeah. Right? Like, as a job going forward. Quarterback like, for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> no, no. Even though I knew that. I knew that <laughs> when I was a little kid, I definitely thought I wanted to be, like, an actor. I was doing a lot of musical theater, and I was doing, like, TV commercials for the WB. Uh, and Glee was just a little bit too late for you. A little too late for me. Uh, I was right in the middle between Little Shop of Wars and Glee. Uh, <laughs> no, and uh, and I like that kind of stuff. And I think that, and my sister was doing it like at Syracuse. She was doing the musical theater thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that I don't know. Part of me, I think it's part of the reason I do the podcast and do the band is I always felt like I had some weird like I gotta be what, acting what out. What was the first job that you ever wanted? I mean, the first job I ever wanted, like, I guess, as, as a kid, kid. Anything. Just where you're I mean, like, this wrestler, is what I, right? like, professional wrestler yeah, was I mean, the like, first. Hulk Hogan was the someone first. Someone asked you, like, for who, who, what job are you I mean, outside of, like, a little kid when I was, like, a Tyrannosaurus. I mean, uh, yeah, I think <laughs> when I was dinosaur. in, it's funny, when I was in elementary school, there's, these exist, I think, I think Angela's got them at the house. Um, there exists, like, they did that thing when you're a kid, and you're like, draw a picture and tell us what you want to be when you're older. And yeah. everyone on the walls outside was like, I want to be a cop, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a fireman. And I was, of course, I want to be the professional the WWE champion. And it's like me holding a belt. And I think my parents didn't really think it, they took it seriously. The first <laughs> real job that I ever thought about in terms of, like, a job job? Yeah, something um, you, would, you thought that you would do. Shit, playing a band, man. Like, yeah. we committed so much time... Like, no joke, like, after I got out of MV, we, Kevin and I essentially were like, no, this is it, we're gonna go, we're gonna go with this until either it ends, or it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're gonna ride this out, because I want to give it a real, I don't want to, like, half-ass this, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was in New York, I was waiting tables, and I was going to school, but I was kind of going to school, like, in the background, I didn't. It was just Did a you reason ever to... for a real job in New York, though. Like so, not a real job. Uh, like, hey, sorry, sorry, waiters. And no, no, I know what you mean. No, 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 I know what you mean. Like something a, that you felt where you no wait. Look, as a waiter who's waited tables in a million places, unless you're planning on being a restaurant owner, like no waiter ever wants to tell you that they wanted to be a waiter their whole life. Yeah. Even people who are waiters their whole lives, it's right. not something you set out to do. Uh, it's usually a transition to doing something else. There's yeah, a fly on like, <laughs> all over here. Um, no, but like in New York. I mean, we started doing the podcast. I was just chasing ideas, I think, for yeah. a long time. I never had a great clue. Like, I mean, you know what, though? There's something I forgot. When I was a very little kid, before my parents got divorced, my dad did own a hardware store. Mm-hmm. So there was always the weird idea as a kid alternate that, like, universe uh, alternate universe. Been, you know, well, the store been, closed before. had it not. Had it not, right? Like, you was, been, coming back, would you, if that store was still open... Yeah, I would have taken the sandwich sandwiches, yeah. slinging sandwiches out of that place. Yeah, Jim's True Value Hardware on Webster Ave over With in the, East, uh, yeah. Sammy's subs on well, the side. Well, now it's the pizza box. We <laughs> yeah, talked about it last night. I would have yeah, been the pizza you, box you guy. You could have been the sandwich Sliding guy. doors, I was the pizza box guy. guy um, that could have been you in an alternate universe. No, I think when I got out of college, when I finished Hunter, mm-hmm. and I stayed in New York for a couple years after that, just waiting tables, and I tried to get into working at a museum. That was where I got briefly hired at the Tenement Museum in New York, and then they couldn't pay me because... They couldn't pay interns. I'd already quit my job, and it was a big mess. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, in New York, at the end of my time there, I didn't have the grades to get into education. I had a 2.8 because I really kind of, I really kind of, like, shit the bed in yeah. college the last couple years there at Hunter. Um, I was too busy with New York City. Yeah. I got too distracted yeah, by the world, like right? Yeah, second or third thing. Yeah, it was the, least, <laughs> the third most important thing yeah. on my table at the time. And um, my guy I was talking to was like, you know, you, you should you should think about going to journalism 
because you could probably your grades are probably good enough to get into our journalism department. Mm. And at the time, I shot it down. I was like, no, no, I don't want to be a. I, I don't. Doesn't sound very appealing. You know what I mean? I did briefly think though that like maybe writing, like journalism, would lead into like creative writing or fiction writing yeah. or screenplay well, writing or some sort of. That was kind of the idea with broadcasting with me too. Is that it would be not. Usually to produce and do more advanced things, right? Like you kind of want to write and control something. So it seemed like uh, that would be the the logical start is the right content. Yeah. If you were going to create it, right? Like you would want to be the person who's, even from a journalistic standpoint, if you're going to do a news story, you really, you don't want to be just, you know, the person out there shooting it. You'd like to write the story and present it and do all yeah, that type I of mean, stuff too. You want to get more, more hands on with it. When but. I was a kid, I used to write, like, I guess essentially screenplays. I didn't know mm. what they were when I was a kid. They were like 10 pages on line paper with like dialogue I would write back yeah. and forth between characters. I didn't know what you would call it back then. I was just like, check out this play I wrote. You know what I mean? Or yeah. something. So Matt, I, lo- I was Matt interested. Fisher from Rushmore. Yeah. And then like in high school and college, that sort of transitioned into like writing short fiction. I did a bunch mm-hmm. of like random stuff that I would just write and I put up on my blog or I would keep around just for whatever sake. Uh, so I think there was part of me initially. I was like, yeah, I could, I could, do like writing Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until i got into reading sports and i hate to say bill simmons when bill simmons is putting out like thirty thousand word articles page two on page two i was like i I could never write i didn't i didn't like writing enough to want to be able to write thirty thousand. yeah he was like made for podcasting just long he could put all that thought into like well, audio form now he just weirdly, made for it that was my transition it's like i don't yeah. like writing continuing to write yeah it's easier to but it's to tell it i like but... telling the stories or I like yeah. doing the thing and that's sort of the accidental lead into the podcast yeah. and much like bill simmons since i've started doing this podcast i haven't written a goddamn thing outside of schoolwork in five years right yeah. like everything that i come up with goes here as opposed to uh, working on that working on that novel yeah, i wrote novel. five years ago I, 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 I want pulled, to self-publish it. I pulled the novel up not too long ago to look at it, and I was like, this whole thing needs to be redone. I can't. <laughs> it's, just, I, it's just so old now. It's, it's a boat been, now. If you just, is it going to be the same um, novel? I looked that up, actually, after we were talking about it last week, the actual name of it. My phone's not anywhere. It's me, not but, the 79 Yamaha? That's what I always use. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a real Greek myth, and I'm going to piss. I'll, I'll post that, too. It, it's a real thing. It's a, it's like Achilles' boat or something. Yeah. It's not Achilles, but, uh, yeah, it's something we've been thinking about the whole time. Yeah, I would have to take the whole thing apart. Because uh, the dialogue doesn't make any sense anymore. Because I'm not 18 or 21 anymore. I'm so well, far. Well, you removed. could do the uh, that seven year thing where you got like different <laughs> things over the I'm course so, of the years and intertwine them. I was so predictable that I wrote that. I started writing the first novel and be like, "Oh no, this is gonna be part of a trilogy." It's like, "Bitch, you didn't even write the first one yet. Why yeah. are you sitting here telling me?" <laughs> Watched a couple Harry Potter movies. <laughs> yeah. <and stuff. laughs> uh, so yeah, and I think. What happened is, I guess, after all this time, coming back to Utica and, you know, shit, when I got here, I was doing temp work. Mm -hmm. But what was funny was I was doing temp work, but I kept finding my way back into education stuff. Like, I got, I was temping in MV, I was temping at UC. Well, that's what you would have had some sort of, I mean, it would have been leaning that way kind of through the education Mm -hmm. process anyways, right? Like your parents, you know, Um, things like that, like. Yeah, Young Scholars was a nice get to, I mean, I'm never going to bash that organization and if i have opinions that differ from the line i would keep them private uh, yeah. because i think they've been really great to me and yeah. the people i worked with over the years and they've you know they did a lot to accommodate me um but i mean if it weren't for falling into that i still wonder if i would have really t- 
taking a, a solid look back at like teaching again. Um, because it really was only about three years ago that I really like turned the switch on. And I was like, yeah. You know what? And I give a lot of credit to one of my teachers, this guy who's a teacher at Proctor today. His name is Rich Colenzo. He's a great guy. Love Rich Colenzo. He's my AP physics, AP chemistry teacher. Yeah. No, AP physics. Uh, and just a really good guy. And I remember going to him early on in my time at, at UC when I was doing student teaching. And I was like, uh, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if this is the right thing. And blah, blah, blah. And, and he like really laid it out for me. Like he really hit me with some bullet points. It's like, why are you worried about Common Core? You've never taught anything, so you have nothing to complain. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Why are you stressed out about this? Like, what are you, what are you worried about? Yeah. And I was like, complaining about the money thing. He's like, do you know how much money it takes to live really well here? It's not as much as you think right. it would. Right, without you working mean, like, summers, and you could pick up yeah, coaching like, gigs or summer school yeah, classes. He, There's a, a million things. He laid out a lot of, of like, it, my yeah. concerns in a really like practical way that no one had ever really done for me. And I think to this day, I think that was like i was like yeah okay what, i don't know why i'm yeah. like freaking out about this like the level of the level of freedom you get as a teacher that other people don't get is wild right yeah. how many of the jobs give you weekends off and summers off and holidays off and christmas off and snow Thanksgiving days off and snow days <laughs> yeah, off right like sorts of... the job is not easy and i see a lot of people on the internet specifically over the last two months being like hey yeah sorry about all those times we said your job is bullshit because yeah. it sucks yeah. right it is tough um and you've probably noticed it with me. When I come, you've seen a shift in my, like, a, there was a time when we were, like, before this all ended, when you'd come over and we'd watch wrestling on Monday nights and I would be asleep at 9.30. Yeah. I would fall asleep on the couch at 9.30. Now I've, I've been up to like 3 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, partying. You're self, yeah, good yeah. self-partying. Yeah, it's so true. I, mean, like, <laughs> I think the underappreciation of the teaching, too, is that uh, you have your own kid now. And you deal with that personality and that dynamic mm. all the time and for their entire life. A yeah. teacher's handling 25, 30, 50, every year, cycling in new people, new personalities. And they're they're responsible for, like, developing them. Like, that task is a lot very of, tall, you know? So I think it's something that goes understated when people talk about uh, education as a, as a thing to go to school for, right? Mm -hmm. I did not go to school to learn um, social studies. Right? Yeah. I know social studies already. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. I got that shit down. I know that. I went to school to be a teacher to learn essentially childhood development, yep. psychology. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like ways to yeah. in, like, encourage learning in certain types yeah. of kids. Advanced the learning, way all that, that type like, of stuff. The yeah. way that kids' brains work. Technology like we, now in particular. Yeah. The access. Like it's not. There was never a course that I took in college in my, to with in my graduate yeah. year yeah. where I sat down in a room and someone taught me about the Russian Revolution. I had to do all that shit on my own. I took yeah. like an online course once about um, like Western Europe because I needed to get one for something. Yeah, yeah. And, and even that was an online course that I essentially read all the stuff on my own. Yeah. I did not go to a room. So that doesn't exist in, yeah. if you're going to school. So if you're thinking about going to school for education, it's not like... There's no history courses. <laughs> it's so weird too because like this is like the, the fuck up that I am as a human being, right? When I went to college at Hunter, mm -hmm. I was doing that thing I'm sure a lot of people do. Where when you go make your classes, I had no rhyme or reason. It was whatever classes fit into the thing. Yeah. So they would say to me, you need to get a 300 level history course. Yeah. So I would look at the 300 level history courses and I wouldn't look at the ones I'd want, mind you. Yeah. I looked at the ones that fit into my schedule. Yeah. That, if that you were I already, already there for yeah, four hours yeah. already, might as well add so on to it. Yeah. That's how I ended up getting into this weird 
mishmash of history courses where it's like, I'm taking Imperial Russian history. Yeah. Now I'm taking, uh, like, medieval European history. And then now I'm taking late 20th century Latin American revolutions. None of these things have any rhyme or reason, like, essentially together. But I took them because I had to take specific checkoff other, courses. Yeah. And that was it, right? Yeah. I wish I had sat down with like, the history department. I was like, I want to focus on global studies. And then they gave me like a five-year right. course spread of like, okay, you're going to learn about France and Germany in You would have to years. go to school all, all over the time, like all different yeah. times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You would have to live there, essentially, if you want to do that. And I never use the stuff that I learned in college. Yeah. We very rarely talk about post-Russian Revolution Russia in, in uh, the... High school classroom, very rarely. Yeah. At least, in, <laughs> at least in my experience, like because you get to World War II, you get into a little bit of the Cold War, uh, but by then you're almost kind of at the end of the year. That's always yeah. my biggest issue with modern education. I shit you not, like that's the biggest. Tune in next week. <laughs> the it's exciting conclusion of the Russian Revolution. Because well, history is structured so strangely. Because you essentially it's like tenth grade is, it's like eighth grade is European history. Ninth grade, you go back to U.S., I think, and then 10th, you're back in global. There's global. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> global studies is two years? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did global this year for yeah. my kids. And, um, it's U.S. history is one of the ones, I mean, too. I think it's 11th grade. I'm not right? knocking it, but U.S. history is pretty easy. Yeah. <clears throat> like global- I like the things that are there to remember. That's the best part about history. Even math, to an extent, is you can remember things that exist when you're doing them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. science is you're chasing theories. Well, th- I don't yeah, need yeah, any yeah, wild yeah, card yeah. stuff. Give me something that happened, and I can be like, yeah, I can well, pinpoint this particular event. That's that's how I operate. See, I think about the other aspects. Science and math, even though science is theories, mm-hmm. science and math, the whole point is to get down to one specific answer. answer yeah. And that yeah. answer is either correct or incorrect, yeah. right? And you don't usually end a lab experiment in a physics being like, well, it could have gone one of two ways, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you know... If there and wasn't interference from this thing, they would have won. In history, they want you to be declarative. Like you're, The idea of writing a good history essay is they want you to be declarative about something that you can't be declarative about. Right. right? They want you to take a side. Right. If I ask you, do you think the Treaty of Versailles led to World War II? Right. right? Essentially, you could answer yes or no. If you answer no, I need to see... Your validation for why you answered right. no, but you could answer that question if you wanted yeah, to. Because you be had arguments answer. for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, there's not that many arguments for it, right? Yeah. But theoretically, you could. Yeah, I think that's where you get into problems with with history. It's tough for high school kids, and it wasn't until college I liked that kind of thing, where I was just like, I'm going to take a side, right? I did, like the the Sandinista thing. I took a side on that one when I was in college. I read the stories. I was like, I'm I'm going to go from this side. I'm taking yeah. the Sandinista side as a more interesting story. I don't care to be on the side of the dictators, right, in this argument, right? Uh, But I'm still essentially telling a story that is flavored from one side because I'm writing it about one particular group and their history. So it's going to be skewed toward them, like the Jordan documentary. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, the heavy-handed involvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's your view of history, too, and I guess that's the kind of the idea of it, right? It's like everything in context can be... Each individual view on it, and there's not necessarily always well, super rights or wrongs. Well, now that I have a master's degree, technically I'm a historian, so my view of this is very it's more important. like debate you have class. To take, it's <laughs> you gonna have be to like you're gonna, your classes are gonna be like open debate things where it's just like tell me this stuff, and then people just stand on each side. It's like that seems how you get a lot of a lot of so that across. That's actually something that I've done in classrooms. Uh, shout out to a teacher at Proctor who I worked with last year. Uh, I'm sorry, two years ago. 
who's the first person who ever did this. She actually sets her classroom up so it's like, uh, people won't be able to see this, but you have sort of a TV in the center of the room. Yeah. And then desks facing each other on each side, and she'll, like, patrol up and down the middle and sort of talk to both sides back and forth, and the kids are forced to, like, look at each other even though they're not always interacting, but, like, yeah. be staring at each other. And I loved it. I thought it was a great change. It's like, oh, man, this is perfect, because... Then you can really get kids to, like, interact with each other. Because even if, like, kids are all staring forward in a room and someone raises their hand, people behind them aren't looking at them. They can't see. I mean, like, you sort of get into natural conversation if you point them in a circle and ask them questions. The bar concept, getting everyone sitting around a bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the the town hall. Yeah, 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 the town hall meeting. You don't need them scattered all over the place. Um, If you're running tables, you want them all sitting at the bar. Uh, for now, I think maybe the move is something that we've talked about, though, and I guess we could transition into that if you want, because we've gone too long, um, <laughs> is the mercenary teacher thing, which you keep trying to pitch me on, yeah. is just, maybe I should just start doing, like, the John Green thing and making, like, content and putting it on YouTube, being like, hey, here's Russian Revolution. It might be the best way to even yeah. adver- advertise, advertise yourself, yeah. you know, and, like, yeah. uh, you know, the realistic stuff is that you never know, you know what way it's going to change you know or I'll how do? they decide to teach it. And Maybe, doing something uh, with the web might give you a leg up on competition. A lot of these people are old fogies. No offense. You, you're, uh, you're still the Maiden Utica uh, Gmail and the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, Google yeah. Drive, right? Yeah, yeah. On Google yeah, Drive? Yeah. What I'll do is after this is over, I will, I'll share with you my whole like Russian Revolution mm-hmm. uh, presentation because it's got all the video links and all the extra article stuff linked in it already. Yeah. So if you want to look at the video content, it's all already in there. Yeah. I'll send you and you see what you think and we'll, we'll talk about see. that off the air. All right. Um, all right, cool. All right, let's uh, let's talk... Well, I guess we'll, we'll close up real quick because I, I do want to go to your house and steal the laundry. Yeah, yeah, late. of course. Um, you've been doing some work out the back of the fence, though. I know this weather's been bringing you down. How's that fence treating you up back there? It's, um, I mean, it could always be done better. If there's, you know... <laughs> snow. Really? But, yeah, and I'm doing it all by myself, so it takes a, a while, and it's not necessary. I'm not an expert per se, like, so I've you don't ever ask anyone for help though. That's your problem. You true. very easily could come down. Well, and what just happens? Ask me or Kevin to come do it. What usually happens is I because of the dogs, I have to work in sections. Yeah. So like I have to rush sometimes before like daylight's over because I can't leave like a gaping hole in the piece that I like uh, took down. So a lot of the times I'm kind of operating faster where I realize I'm doing things twice or three yeah. times because I'm not really paying attention. And if I had cut that out, plus injuries, I would have reduced... <laughs> yeah, you, you get hurt more than almost anybody I've ever seen. I got another there. cut on the finger right there from a screw. Dear bone. God! Yeah. So these things happen, and that's what's taken up a little bit of the time as well. So, like, but there's raised bed gardens now, and there's a <laughs> fence all the way around. Can I tell you, your handling of the fence, all the injuries you get... Yeah. So, validates my point, solidifies my point that if we went on like that Forged and Fire show, yeah. we would definitely get hurt. There's no way that we would be able to go forge something and not immediately burn our finger we off, both slice a hand hot off. Skewers off. We of already taught, yeah, like idiots. I watched you do it and then did it immediately after you. It was so stupid. And I was like, yeah, I would definitely like the, the ball of hot wax would shoot yeah, back and hit me in the face. I don't know what yeah. it would be. It just, yeah. yeah. That's what I think when Brad does the fermentation. He, like, I wouldn't do anything like that because I'm the guy who has too much pressure and it blows up and is not a cool video. You know what I mean? It's like, it's really bad. But Maybe you go viral on that, though. For all you know what I've reasons. noticed, too? And not to circle it full back, circle the Bon Appetit since we've made it all the yeah, way back all the way to Bon Appetit. Yeah. Uh, 
it's something I noticed when I watched a couple of their videos last week, and I noticed it when we did our Michelada video. It is tough, real tough, to film in a kitchen unless it is designed to film in. Those yes. Bon Appetit kitchens, when you watch those videos, they're like standalone. Like, it's almost like a science lab. They have like different desks with sinks in them and different stoves yep. on the side. My kitchen is not meant to be filmed in. No, Where are you going to put a camera? The walk-in coolers they have access to yeah. as well. Like all that stuff. Like there's there's half of the tools and utensils, all that stuff in your own kitchen. You would never be able to, to film make. in our kitchen. You would have to lean across the. Like the auto, like the whatever the, the well, we, desk yeah, is. Yeah, we tried with the video. The it's a mess. Video, yeah. it's a, there's no way to do it. So like, I, even when we were watching the Bon Appetit video, these guys are like some of my favorite cooks to watch. Brad's still like showing his back to the camera. Yeah, because he's, he's got to turn around to turn into move his it to house the side. Stove. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's such a mess. Yeah. Uh, and again, people will accept less. Yeah. In the quarantine. Well, they're time. hooking up like their microphones, right? Too. That's a big thing. Is like a lot of you know, you just use the yeah. the webcams, microphone like on the computer and stuff, or your cell phone or whatever. These guys are putting in you know regular clip mics and earpieces and stuff. So a lot of that's controlled too. So they do sound better because that's really the hard yeah. thing. If yeah. everybody sounds like trash, it's really a hard I mean, watch. If we ever got like some mysterious donor who like threw us a bunch of money, like let's say we had some benevolent. Hundred thousand there, millionaire. Like, yeah, whatever. Who's like, here's fifty thousand dollars to do whatever you want with. I would probably try and convince you that we should buy like cameras and mics for everybody. Like, oh, just for get everybody. a really yeah. like, yeah, for, just double down on like, yeah, at, like five cameras. At home you know studio mean? is kind of kind of where yeah. it's at. And, yeah, I mean, even a more roundabout thing. It was the uh, when you were talking about like the career path stuff. I was doing something. Like, I don't know, six months ago or something. No, maybe more at the hotel before all this type of stuff, and they had all these students in there. Now is the time when you kind of got to just have a hobby you're, on top of a career. You are better at me. Uh, you're better than me at being on top of new shit. I have found historically that I am always behind the curve when it comes to like, I was like, I'll be a teacher. It's like, what is this, 1983? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You tend to, at least from my dealings with you, you're usually on top of like uh, uh, doing something before I am. Like you think about it a little, you're a little more interested in learning some new shit. Yeah. Like, you know web design in a way that I could never do. I could learn it, but I'd be way behind you. Yeah. Like, the, you're better at video editing, which is something I understand, but, like, you've been on that for longer. Yeah. Like, you, you've always been pretty quick to jump on whatever the next phase of something is, right? If there's a new video editing content, you'll jump onto it. If there's a new website format, you're on it, and mm -hmm. I don't have that kind of mentality. So I think that's what's helped. That's the difference between a guy like you and me. You look at education as a way to sort of facilitate your way into the real world and sort of get your hands dirty. Yeah. I saw education as a way to facilitate me, like, seeing the world. Like, yeah. going to New York or, like, uh, doing something to validate other things that I was doing in the background. Right. Like, right. So, it's an interesting way that, I don't know, it's just, I always find the way that people approach education instantly. Because Kevin's got a different opinion on it altogether. I know how he feels about it, too. So, you know what I mean? It's, uh... I mean, I think like everything, you're always looking to see what's what's moving, and and that's the idea of like having the hobby too, is because sometimes that hobby will mold either in your yeah. profession, like as a fifty fifth, right? Like you could yeah. use a podcast form history lesson to the masses, yeah. right? Like you could do a theatrical version with your theater background, your history context, and do a live radio show do that has it. sounds and presentations and music and blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a lot of different things. Do you still have that hard that are... copy of that Nicaragua thing I gave you? That 18-page thing? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to steal that back from you and try it. Right. I'll like look that. for it. Right. I think it's up in the... If not, I can print it out. It doesn't matter. I have it otherwise. I just don't have... um. 
I think that's the only printed copy I have floating around. Yeah. I don't have a uh, a non. You know hard that copy. Ricky Gervais movie? Because or... much like uh, much like a ninety year old man, I need a hard copy of something. <laughs> I need I to read it. I need yeah. to read it. Uh, uh, Did you watch Succession? Before I forget, no. I'm watching the second season of Succession. It's fucking great. Is that part of uh, is HBO just still giving away free stuff? Is that the idea? If you have Hulu, you just get it. Yeah, you get HBO. Really, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm gonna watch Paris. I've just always assumed it was like a free thing when I've seen it on there. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, if you have Prime, you can watch old HBO shit. Like you could always watch, you could always watch Sopranos or The Wire if you had Prime. Okay, but I don't think you could watch the new season of Succession on Prime. You can watch. watch You can watch. Everything on HBO on Hulu right now. I thought they were just giving me HBO for free quarantine stuff. Yeah, that's why because of quarantine they're opening up all the HBO oh, thing to everything. Oh, so yeah, that'll yeah, go yeah. away. Yes, that's why I am. See, you just I just went from thinking I was just already getting free content because of quarantine to you saying that just with Hulu you get it. And I was like, oh, awesome. No, 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 no. And I then I'll lose with it. Hulu. With Hulu, you can get HBO content right now for for free for, for free until they say no. Oh. With Amazon Prime, you could always get HBO's archive content. So if you want to watch yeah. old Sopranos or The Wire or whatever, right. that was always on there anyway, uh, right? Or Entourage if that's the thing you want to watch on I HBO. They were just like slinging I'm HBO watch, in there to get people to sign up for Hulu. I was like, watch an episode do? of Entourage later on. <sighs> it's I know it's a it's a good hate watch for me. I actually find it really entertaining. I hate Jeremy Piven. Hey, I've I, listen. I've tried to turn you around on Sopranos. It's not working. So if it didn't work to turn you around on Sopranos, it's definitely not going to work to turn you Sopranos around. Sopranos would be closer than Entourage. I've tried specifically to like pinpoint a couple like moments of Sopranos I think are interesting to like show you to see what your opinion is on them. I don't think I'm going to convince you to like the show because I don't think it hits you. The I way think it hits I'm too me. far behind. It would take too much to go through it. Like I would really have to binge watch it and catch and the up. Problem and there's is, so much lore and conversation and in-depthness to it that I'm just like not, I didn't live in the times with it that I can't carry over. Well, it's the same thing. I think that for the leftovers for me, I know that I would like the leftovers. Yep. I know you and Kevin like it. I know you and Kevin know that I would like it. Yep. But I also have to, I would have to get through the thing so I could talk about it, right? Yep. With Sopranos, it's that same thing. I think you would like Sopranos. The problem is, the parts of Sopranos you would like because of what I know about what you like. Otherwise, yep. don't really happen until later, later on the when they season, get yeah. away from the earlier tropes of like who these characters are and the main original stories and the pilots and the first two seasons. Once they start getting out there into like Tony has weird dream sequences and he's often like uh, another like alternate world where he's not a mobster and like they start getting a little more artistic yeah then i could see you being if you don't love the show you'd at least be intrigued by some of the the things they were doing right but but to get there you'd have to get through like three seasons of the series that i'm not sure you would be able to love how many episodes were they kicking out of season i think it's eight or ten Gandolfini's really good. He's just so good. All right. Uh, look, we've gone 50 minutes again. I didn't mean to keep you. Let's, uh, let's go bring this laundry out. Again, if we do any content, obviously we'll bring it out. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll... I'm working on something. I don't know if I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah. Because in case I bomb it. But we're, we're working on stuff. We're going to try and keep... The point is, we are going to try and find some ways to keep the Maiden Utica family yeah. reaching out to you guys during this time. Yeah, especially... Some way during, or Yeah, even during the virtual events of source where we can still kind of Digital present handshake. something. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, uh, elbows. It is your hand. All right, folks, uh, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. Thanks, Jess. Yep.
All right, thank you once again to uh, Justin. I'm looking back at the notes from when I was talking to Justin earlier. I had to think about it. It's been a couple hours. We had talked during the interview about coming up with a poll of four things to give the readers, or the listeners, because uh, we're talking about doing some sort of YouTube content, some sort of like uh, video content, but we don't know mm. about what. I'm sort of thinking about like maybe some sort of Utica history, like some sort of like short video, mm. or uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to come up with some content. So if you folks, again, like I said in the interview, if you have an we'll idea... We'll do anything you want. Any, yeah, any, <laughs> like, yeah, if there's any sort of content that you'd be interested in us doing a sort of like deep dive into or some sort of like uh, YouTube... We'll do it. Seminar. Yeah, I'm interested anything in doing you something. You want something you want to talk about on the podcast? You want to basically write a segment? Literally. <laughs> anything you need. Uh, we're just here waiting. We sit at this table every week until Monday because we're quarantined. It's very strange, too, because I put off the history lessons because I don't like mm, doing them good without... Point. I don't like doing them without being able to print them out. I hate having the computer out in front of me. It sort of kills my flow. Mm. Um, you gotta just memorize them. <sighs> hey, it's done. You gotta go. Yeah, lock step. No more reads from the page. Guy, you gotta memorize them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, one of the things I talked about with uh, Justin during the interview. Again, thanks, Justin, for taking the time to have a pretty earnest conversation about education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that Justin and I actually had a discussion about is for him, his career in education, which was mostly like hands-on education to learn how to do like technology and computers yeah. and things like that was more of an avenue for him to get into the real world and have skills that were applicable. For sure. On my end, going to college and education sort of facilitated me getting out in the world, even though up until like recently, I didn't actually have any idea what I ever wanted to do. Right. And that's something that I only came to terms with in my early 30s. Mm. That like even in my mid-20s, I had no real desire to like do any particular thing. It wasn't like some job that I wanted to do. I was like interested in a couple things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I guess my question is from from your perspective, how did you sort of view your education as what it sort of offered you and like what you gained? Did you want to do more? No, I had no, I, I had nobody ever talked to me about it. I never had any idea how to remotely like plan out or go to or do any of these things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. my mom was a stay at home mom when I was a kid. And yeah. like when she passed away, I was the oldest child. It became mm. my dad figuring out how to be single dad, right? Yeah. Certainly up through when I graduated high school, he had no idea. You know, he had done two years at MV, but like then went and found a great job at the postal service. You know what I mean? Like worked his way up from there. So there was nobody to really guide me and be like, hey, you should start. If you want to think about doing this, these are some options. Here's how you do it. Here's how you figure it out. It was just sort of like, all right, well, uh, yeah. go to college, get a job. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people, because back at that time, you know, when we were graduating high school before the 2008 financial crash, a lot of it was just add, go to college, get whatever, take out whatever loans. Like, you're good. It's fine. Just go. And then you can have a job. But then, like, the world kind of changed. And it's like, oh, well, you didn't have a very specific plan in mind. And, you know, it's my fault for not knowing, but I guess, but when I was young, nobody ever really explained to me that you need to have a plan or how to make a plan or, like, what that even looks like. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny, too, because Justin had asked me earlier, and it's an interesting question, like, what was the first real job you ever wanted to have? Like, the first thing, even if it was outrageous, that you said you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And no joke, it was professional wrestler. That was the first thing. I was like, yeah, I want to be Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Right? And then he got me really thinking about it, and I was like, I, I, like, when I was younger... Mm-hmm. I briefly thought about maybe I'll be a teacher because my parents are teachers. For sure. But then I kind of, you know, up until, like, I came back to start taking it seriously, I didn't want to teach. Like, you know, we talked, like, the band thing was the most serious career profession I really pursued for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just waiting tables and, like, looking around for stuff. And mm. and that's why the education thing is so weird to me. Because even now, now that it's done, now that I'm finished with my master, it sounds so weird to say, up until I came back to UC... 
School was just the other thing I was doing in the background of all the cooler shit that was going on. Mm-hmm. I was not giving it my... It was like an excuse to like not do anything. Is that weird? I don't know. It's weird to say, but it was an excuse to like not grow up or be a real adult. School? Yeah. Huh. In a weird way. Because the fact that yeah, I was... Yeah, no, that makes sense. Oh, well, I'm taking classes, so I, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah it yeah. kept me back from ever being like, I have to go get a job. I have to go get a mortgage. I have to go... I'm like, no, the only thing I'm doing... I have to get no mortgage. No, but I'm saying... You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like... I never felt the that I was, I don't know. It was just an interesting thing. Like it sort of not held me back in a negative way, but it like it kept me tethered to like something, and I never pursued like other avenues in a way that some people might have. If they didn't do the schooling thing, where mm-hmm. like when you finish school, you're like, now what? Right. right. I never finished school for fifteen years. Right. It was just constantly. Well, you finished. I mean, you didn't know you were going back. Like you, if you didn't, if it didn't sliding doors dovetail into that job with young scholars, you very well may not have gone back. Almost every time I've gone back, it's been serendipitous. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah 100% and I, so. And I think that's the other weird part about it, mm-hmm. right? Had these opportunities not sort of yeah. fumbled into my my path mm-hmm. through various avenues, I don't know that I would have gotten to UC. And to be fair, my grades now are very good. Yeah. I have taken it quite seriously mm-hmm. over the last five years particularly. Like, yeah. I've really turned on. Like, I went from having a, not to, you know... Not to toot my own horn. Sure. I went from having like a two eight when I left Hunter to having like a three nine. Nice. So I, I did put in like a significant amount of work, mm-hmm. and it does feel a little uh, underwhelming now that it's over. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm staring off into the the terrifying unknown. Well, because the question's always been within. Mm. There's no external finish line you're going to cross. It's going to answer no, that question true. for yourself. That's internal work. Yeah. No. 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 And I, I'm not actually nervous about that part, the mm. terrifying unknown. I'm actually, yeah, intru- yeah. I'm, I'm very excited That's about just the. Be alive. Yeah, I'm excited about the terrifying unknown. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned that the terrifying unknown is happening now, in the world we live in currently, Correct. the pandemic world. Yes, yes. That's not great. No. That's giving me concern. Should. <laughs> as it, as <laughs> should. it should. Uh, but I think that that terrifying unknown is probably the most exciting uh, feeling I've had in like ten years. Right. Mm-hmm. The this sort of vague vague idea of a finish line being passed or some type of mm-hmm. finish line but and if anyone asks before you ask no I'm not going back for any more schooling for no PhDs no doctorate nothing I think nothing. you should be doctor Dr. Sam Dr. Right. Sam, Dr. Sam. Well, I already have one doctor in the family uh, donate money if you guys want to crowdsource Sam's doctorate um, I don't have a ton much more for us we had talked about doing like a TV theme song type thing, but I'm kind of up in the air about how right, we, have, we vaguely it. talked about two different um, TV theme songs. We're like, oh, maybe top ten theme songs would be a thing. Maybe we could do that in the old pot of room. <laughs> but I don't think we ever gave it much more thought after that. Uh, I'll tell you about some TV theme songs I like if you'd like to hear about it. But uh, I'm, I'm here to do anything that needs to be done. Well, we okay. professional podcast. My right. concern is that I'm not gonna. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm not going on YouTube to hunt up 15 theme song samples. And no, that's horrible. Nobody, a, you know, honestly, nobody wants that. No one wants that. Nobody wants that. It would make the listening experience better for people, but mm. I'm not doing that. I wonder. I'll put number one. My number one pick was Golden Girls. All, all it is, he just he really wants you to go on YouTube and listen to the theme for the show Nightcore. Nightcore. That's all he wants. That's this whole thing as an advertisement for uh, the theme for the show Nightcore. If we were gonna start a, if we were gonna start a Uticast YouTube channel. Yes. But not do the podcast on there. Like, if we were going to do, like, top ten lists or, like, some sort of, like, you know, what culture, watch mojo. Sure. Top, what would we want to do it on? Music? Uh, if, I mean, if it's going to be that type of thing, you've got to kind of spread it out. Pop culture, maybe, All I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself too much. But the problem with that is if you're too broad now, 
what how are you ever going to surpass i mean there's a billion places that do top 10 lists yeah. you know what i mean they're getting millions of views a day so how do you ever get into that yeah, oversaturated true. market i told you i'm justin i told him we missed an opportunity look bon appetit model is what made you should be doing this whole time Jill Ducato should be out there doing her TikTok videos on there, and Mark should be doing some sort of whiskey video or so. I don't know, just spitballing, right? Sure. We should all have a different thing, and then if someone got over for it, like if one person's content got over in particular, like their gourmet makes, them over into videos. Boom! I'm saying, right? <laughs> ah, we missed an opportunity. Uh, Justin's really been pushing me on this YouTube stuff, though. Uh. I'm not against it. Now that this time has come around, I just don't think that anything I produce on my own will be necessarily exciting for people. Like, my seven-part Nicaragua podcast is not going to be exciting for anybody but me. Nicaraguans. And Nicaraguans, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the story of the same Denise. No, 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 I know, I know what you mean. I, I get what you're saying with that. I think my thing would kind of be also, all right, if we're going to do this, are we going to do it? Or is this going to be, like, is this going to be put down for a shiny new toy in three weeks? I think it depends on success rate or something like that. Sure. Like, almost If you're going to do it, you got to do it, though. Yeah, but that's that's the difference between can't do. Here's us my, doing this podcast. Here's and my us five doing... part story on Nicaragua. I didn't get enough listens after week two, so you don't get the last three parts. Can't do it. No, you have to record it all. I mean, I would do the whole thing sure. as the whole thing. Sure, I mean, sure. but, uh, uh, all right. So I had two small, non-important stories today. Uh, here's something people are big mad about on the internet. Have you seen uh, the controversy that Florence Pugh, famed actress, uh, young up-and-coming actress, is getting crapped on on the internet because she's dating? Uh, Zach Braff from Scrubs, and he's a significant amount older than her. Which one's Florence Pugh? Who's that? That name sounds really familiar. She's in that Fighting in My Family movie. She plays Paige. She's oh, in the new okay. Black Widow movie. She's, she's dating in, uh, Zach Midsummer. Braff, who's, con- who's considerably older. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, she's, and she's being shit on? Yeah, because he's so much older than her. They're like, why would you date some... I, they're, they're, both, they're both getting shit I would say, him, you seem like he would... That would be the guy in this situation where, you know what I mean? For some reason, when it's like celebrities, I kind of don't care as much about the age difference i don't care at all she, i don't care at all uh, like, about like when it comes to, like the celebrities or any kind of i don't really care I'd, i them. would be more wary of some people i knew if i knew somebody who's like oh this is my 60 year old husband i'm 27 do you know what I mean that'd be weird if i knew a person in real life get the bad girl whatever you want to do well, sure. as long as i mean like <laughs> all right i guess you're right. <laughs> I, it feels like a weird thing that people are mad to be bad about yeah 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 there you people. go there it is it just seems there it is. like found it. ding ding yeah it's who i mean let these people do what they want you know what i mean like I, <laughs> and uh, and then the other piece of non important people don't have real yeah. problems in their life. They're concerned about what Zach Braff and Pew are doing. Uh, people are. I mean, and the other one uh, is another piece of non important news. Uh, news that would have been important to me at one point in time. Did you see that Pitchfork Music gave their first ten point score to a record in almost ten years? I did. Pitchfork is whack, but I'm interested to see what the record sounds like. Uh, that's the new Fiona Apple Indeed. record. Indeed, uh, I, that made me laugh because there was definitely a time. When Pitchfork was a website that I would go to every day uh-huh. because they would have... They would tell you new... what you liked. Yeah, but not even just that. They had mm. new music reviews mm. every day, Monday through Friday. Whether it was a big band or a small band, I could go there and get music reviews. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that they don't still do that. Uh, but I think the review culture of websites feels like it's different now. You don't True. see as many people doing like website reviews of things. You're also more. seeking out considerably less music than you probably were at that time. I'm also seeing out less reviews of things. I, sure. I care less about what other people's opinion of something is. I don't know, but you like review stuff, though. We think about all the, all yeah, the but content I, we watch that's reviews. Yeah, but I also... So much. Yeah, but I I don't take a review of a film that comes out. Like, if I watch somebody's Siskel and Ebert review of 
whatever. Sure. You know what I mean? Of the the Irishman. Sure. I'm going to try my best to not let that review change my opinion about the movie beforehand. That's a problem for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But when I was younger, I liked getting any sort of content about music anyway. I think review culture is weird now because Pitchfork was one of those sites that would shit on something. Whereas a lot of places would not shit on an album even if they didn't like it. Uh, Right? I'm saying well, like, I feel like everybody does that now. Not, well, now I feel like you don't get yeah. anything. Like now, if, if you go to AV Club and read like an album review, even their an album they crap on, I'm still just gonna get a C minus because no one wants to give like a negative review. And also, it's kind of it feels shitty to give a negative. It feels like pretentious, doesn't it? To, like I mean, shit on it, something. No, if it, I mean if it's terrible, the whole that's that's I mean that's kind of my beef with the whole pitchfork thing is like who are you? Like they go out of their way to, to shit on some record just because they're like this isn't cool. Yeah. Has nothing to do with like the record itself, like whatever. Right. Other, like, give something a bad review to make a point about yes. how yeah. like culturally aware they think they are, <laughs> right? And that kind of thing, right, right, right. And I think that attitude permeated culture uh, socially for a little bit too long as well. Yeah, and I don't really, you know, I don't really hold them in high esteem for having done that. A couple albums over the years that have scored the coveted 10.0 rating on Pitchfork: Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Surprise, surprise. Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Surprise. Mm-hmm. That was the last one up until mm-hmm. this. Radiohead, Kid A. Hey, sometimes, you know, broken, mm-hmm. broken clock. Right twice a day. Uh, OK Computer. They loved Radiohead in that era. And then uh, Flaming Lips. There you go. Soft mm-hmm. Bulletin. Some of the... All good albums. I'm not... I like all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That... I feel like I would have a hard time writing a negative review about something. Because here's the thing, right? If someone gave me an album to review... Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it from the perspective of what it took to, like, make the album. Right? I would never want to be like this is utter garbage, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It feels no. I know. I know exactly what you mean. But you was like punching down. If that's your job, though, too, mm. like you, if it's your job and it's a band who's large enough, like say it's some giant band like uh, like the Killers, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who the Killers are. That's yeah. a huge band. You're a music critic for a large website. This huge band that everyone knows a bunch of songs from comes back out with this album. It's your job yeah. to review it, and it sounds like Metallica Saint Anger. Yeah, and you're just like whoa. And you can try to find a diplomatic way to say I didn't really like it or whatever, but inherent upon the you know star system or mm-hmm. the A B C D or the one through ten rating system, you have to give a rating. So you can only be so diplomatic when you have to choose a final score. The one I always go back to is: Do you remember this is only a year ago or so? Remember when like the New York Times gave a really shitty review to Peter Luger Steakhouse, even mm-hmm. though it's been like one of the top steakhouses in New York for like twenty years, and they did it essentially just to like make a point. Yeah, it felt like it was like you're not really reviewing this restaurant anymore. Right, right. Yeah, you're just you're trying to say you are saying something about what this restaurant represents Mm -hmm. and how it hasn't changed in however many years and they whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, but interesting. Like now it feels like you only do a bad review like that if you're making a point. Guy Fieri opened up his new restaurant, so we're gonna give it the worst review ever. Yeah, yeah. uh, disingenuously because who who really cares about? Yeah, it's just it's just it's cool point signaling. It's weird. Uh, A couple of lightning round questions before we close out here today. Here's one for you. Uh, you've just won $1 million. How would you spend it? I think we've talked vaguely about making tons of money before. For this outside, right, yeah, yeah. outside of like the obvious like buy my mom something nice or pay off like my family stuff, like doing something for myself. Yeah. Yes, I would re-up all my musical equipment. I've been thinking about that a lot anyway. Whole mm. refresh. Sometimes, I, yeah, I mean, that definitely find the some... Full refresh of Definitely find entire... some money to spend out of a million on musical gear. Um... Yeah, I think I always get, sometimes I get caught up when that question is asked in, well, number one, I need to know, tax-free million or do I have to pay taxes on it? Oh, uh, let's say tax-free. Because that matters. So I've already paid the tax on the million flat. Yeah, you have your million. Yeah. The very first thing 
Because, like, what's the very first thing that you do? Hmm. You know what I mean? Because it might be the music will be a first thing, but you might do things in between now and then. I feel like with that, the very first thing I would do would probably be go buy whatever brand new car I wanted. I'd go get like a brand new Toyota 4Runner and be like, here's my 4Runner. It's paid for, it's set, insurance is paid for the next five years, whatever. Here I am. Check this off. I would actually, as I spend the last couple of days sort of going through my entire wardrobe of t-shirts and stuff, I could use an entire new wardrobe. Mm. Full, like, spend mm. like 4K, just refresh my entire mm. thing. Full. 4K, that's a hell of a closet. I'm just saying, in general. Yeah, the whole, yeah, everything needs to get done. New pants, new, the whole thing needs to be uh, fixed from top to bottom. A reboot. Uh, reboot. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, what is your karaoke song of choice, or alternatively, what makes a good karaoke song? Mm. Um, I always, here's a my couple p- things can make a good karaoke song. Go ahead, say what you're gonna say. In terms of what's my go-to karaoke song, the key to a karaoke song is you think of it when you're not doing karaoke. You're like, next time I go do karaoke, I'm gonna do that song. Great and point. then when you get there, you forget about it, and then you just do something that you find something, in the yeah, book. Yeah. yeah. Huh? Uh, but I think with a good karaoke song, you can't. It can't be too serious. If you're out there and it's like a, you don't want to do like. I don't know. I was going to say, you don't want to do like the greatest love of all, but maybe you do. That's kind of a good one. That's a little over the top. It's goofy. You almost want it to be like an over the top song, right? It's to some degree. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not, because you're not like going to win Star Search at karaoke at the Valley Book. Do you know what I'm saying? Like no one's coming through the door being like, who was that? Nobody, yeah. So it's really about like getting a rise out of the people there with you. You got to get the people go, well, that that's where it depends on what your talent level is. Mm. That's where it depends on what your talent level is. We used to go to a karaoke years ago when I worked at a restaurant. A bunch of us, yeah. we'd all get off work, and a certain night we'd go out someplace, had karaoke, and we'd go sing, right? And different people, you know, I have some have some beers after shift. And different people would sing, and people were varying levels of good and, like, committed to it and, like, drunk and into it. But we had one girl who worked with us yeah. who's got an amazing voice. Mm. Performs out locally all the time. Is an amazing singer, like, just killer. One yeah. of the killer, killer voice. She worked there. She's, you know, a bartender hanging out. People knew. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I like to sing, but nobody knew anything. And she would go out to karaoke and do, like, At Last by Etta James or I Will Always yeah. Love You by Whitney Houston and burn the place to yeah. the ground. And then everybody's like, well, I'm not, I'm, we're done here. Yeah. So, like, if you're good like that, yeah. that's a different, because I love at karaoke. One of the coolest things for me is if I'm somewhere where karaoke's happening, which I'm already up and down on. Um, it's, like, fun, but, mm. you know. Um, I love when somebody goes out and kills it. Yeah. Couple, I love when somebody goes out and kills it. A couple obvious mistakes that people make in karaoke songs. Mm-hmm. Know how long it's Rapping. Song. Rapping. Don't rap. Don't we rap. don't need your rap song. Rap. We don't need your rap song, bro. Uh, I don't care if you know the words of the Jay-Z, bro. Know the length of the song before you choose it. This For is sure. a really easy one to do, but let me tell you. You're like, hey, an Oasis song. That song's six minutes long. Yeah. So if you, if you really want to be out there for six minutes, mm-hmm. that's your own choice. I think it should be three or less. You gotta be in and out. In and out. Yeah, you would like to. You would like to. The last time I did karaoke... Crowd pleaser, too. If it's something that people will sing along with, you gotta hit. Last time I did karaoke, I did... uh, Neil Diamond, Coming to America. Mm. uh, Which I thought was funny, but people didn't get. No. I I know. Yeah. I did... Uh, the sign by Ace of Base, which mm. nobody saw coming and did get over, yeah. but it's way out of my vocal range. Yeah. Wildly out of my yeah. vocal range, and I definitely have shredded my voice. And then at the end, I did uh, Private Eyes by Hall mm. & Oates. There you go. Which Parkinson told me was pandering and gave me an F. Uh, of course. So, so it must have been great. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, I always say that I'm going to go do 
um, what's the fucking the ABBA song I always talk about? Uh, Fernando by ABBA, which no one likes but me. Yep. I love that track. Uh, that's one I always say I'm going to do and then forget when I get in there. So that's top level one. Yeah, I Don't think do much karaoke. You know what I mean? Not these days. No. I used to do it pretty regularly back in the mm-hmm. day when I was in my prime, my singing prime. My, my chops are gone. Mm-hmm. I, I used to fix the chops. I have the chops for less distance than I used to. Mm. After a couple tracks and a couple drinks, my voice starts to get a little uh, soft. Mm. (laughs) A little all over the place. Uh, All right. Thanks again to uh, Justin. Oh, the show's over. Yeah, yeah, we're done. Stuck right Uh, Yeah, thanks again to uh, Justin for coming in this week uh, and having a conversation about education and YouTube content. And uh, like he said, he's not ready to announce yet. We're going to try and do something for this weekend coming up for what would have been our first Made in Utica event for Kids Day. Um, Not totally sure yet, but... We're going to take some time and figure it over the next couple of days and see if we can't come up with something cool for you folks out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, shout out to him. Shout out to Heather. Uh, we miss you again. Happy Mother's Day. Hope you're doing well at the house. Uh, follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SF Doom. Follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram. Uh, Apple Podcast, Stitcher Podcast. Take it over the website and our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, be safe. Be careful out there. Uh, stay inside. We, we're not ready yet. Just stay inside a little longer. Oh, you can go outside. You can go for like a walk. I know. You think, man, you know what I mean? Don't go to the beach. You don't need to be at the beach. The beach sucks. <laughs> it's sand. What? Who? Who is that for? Uh, stay safe, folks. We, uh, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh,